That's the high school receptionist singing on the last day of school <laughs> over the PA system. Nice. Nice voice. Summer break. Yeah, she's a good singer. She's yeah. looking for an opportunity to sing in front of people, and she got one, and she can sing. That's yeah, funny. And Shout the, out to people who can sing. And I'm the, so jealous. And the kids would find that very entertaining. Chances are. Exactly. Uh, have a song in your heart. <laughs> I got to stay up on the uh, the mathematics and the reading with the kids so it doesn't uh, backslide over the summertime. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, summer stupidness, they call it, or something. I can't remember. I remember my dad telling me when when I was a kid, he would say when he was a kid, he'd go back to school and he could hardly write his name. (laughs) So I always kept that in mind. Yeah, but I got real good at baseball, which uh, didn't do me any good. So yeah, that's good. Keep up on the math and reading. It's tough, though. You say that now. I've been throwing out a lot of things. Come August the 1st, and it's time to do the math, and the kid's dad... Telling time, and time, money, and uh, and math facts I'm big on, so it's... uh... What time are we going to the pool? Three o'clock. It's eleven thirty-nine. How many hours is that till we're going? You know that all the time. Fantastic. And uh, trying to work on that. I don't. I, I still. I'm still not completely sold on the. You need to learn how analog clocks work. Yeah, of know, course you do. I don't know why we just don't get rid of them. The big hand on the six, etc. I think we're holding it's on to them for, for nostalgic reasons. Yeah. I wear a watch with hands on it for nostalgic reasons. A, there's no good reason to yes, not have a digital is. watch. Yes, there is. You see the day in front of you with a, a watch. Being wasted you see while where you stare you, at your phone. <laughs> you see where you are in the day. You see what's past and what's become or what's to come. Digital time is just now. It's a, it's no perspective. I thought we were supposed to live in the now. No, no, no. No, no don't live in the now. Don't live in the now. <laughs> live in the then. Live in the to come. <laughs> Don't be in the moment. It's the worst thing you could possibly do. You know the old saying: you got one, uh, one, uh, one foot in yesterday and one day foot in tomorrow, and you're urinating on today. <laughs> That's the old saying. That's is a, it? Yes. I don't think it's it a, is. It's an old I'm not saying. Sure that about one. that. It's an old saying. That's, it's a saying. <laughs> wow! 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 Uh, here's your saying, and it, it comes right out of Father's Day, I think. Good parenting. Good hell, training a dog. I find myself all the time not wanting to do what I know I should do with Baxter because it involves him doing stuff he doesn't necessarily want to do. And I hate to make him. There are many, many moments in parenting where you want to let your kid off the hook because when you have to punish him or whatever, it's going to make them unhappy. It's going to make you unhappy. It'd be a lot easier to just let it go. But if you have any wisdom whatsoever, you realize that's going to breed bigger problems down the road. It's one of the great challenges of, of, of parenting. And also of running a city, running a, a country. Are you willing to do the stuff that makes you feel bad because you know you have to? Yes or no? Are you the sort of person who answers that question, yes or no? I value the yin and the yang, men, women, liberals, conservatives. There are different ways to view the world, and we need all of us. And that's fine. But when you have way too much of one thing, you're going to screw up. A couple examples for you. mentioned this earlier. The Daily Mail UK, which is uh, it's a British newspaper, but also has a huge web presence in the United States, has a big featured story today on how tourists traveling to San Francisco are shocked. At the filth, the crime, the crazy bums, the rest of it. And and tourism is already dropping in San Francisco, and it, it is on the verge of being a serious issue. It'd have to be shocking to you. I mean, I've, I've been so used to San Francisco for so long, 
and I haven't traveled since I had kids, but when we were in New York for several days, like I said, I saw a handful of homeless people the entire time I was there. I didn't have one person ask me for money, and there was almost no trash. If you saw a coffee cup on the sidewalk, it was extraordinary. Yeah, true. Their trash collection in New York is amazing. So I had one beggar approach me in, in New York. Mostly, they, they're a handful. They'd sit quietly, but... This one guy, he comes up to me, Judy and I have just had our anniversary dinner, and then we'll get back to the, the theme of the, the segment here, but um, guy comes up to me, he says, excuse me, excuse me, I'm a sous chef, and he hands me a menu. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And he says, now, this is some of my work here, I'm unemployed right now. I don't want money. I, all I want is food. If you could go in there and maybe you know buy some food and bring it out, I would really, really appreciate it. As you can see, I'm 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 looking for a job. I'm between jobs, and I've got this menu in my hand. I'm like, <laughs> the hell am I supposed to do with this? And I said to him, "Sorry, can't help you." And Judy and I kept you keep walking to, to go get a cab. And he goes, "You can help. You just won't." And if I hadn't been with Judy. I would have turned back with respect because you just I don't want I don't want to gamble with situations when I'm with the little woman. But I'd have turned back and said, yeah, that's that's it. Precisely. You've nailed it. But I thought, what a New York thing to say. You can help. You just don't want to. Well, right. Right. And here's your menu back. (laughs) What an odd beg that was. Anyway, if you can't. Force yourself to do the things you know you have to do, even though they make you feel bad. You will end up with a terrible, uh, you know, a delinquent kid or a delinquent city. And San Francisco is an example of it. It's one of the great cities in the world in every single way. Scenic, food, arts, sports. You don't have part of the year where it's 20 degrees outside. Right. Architecture, climate. Sea lions, although they get stinky. You can see they're, they're out to hundreds. What are the great cities that, that humankind has ever devised? 80% more crooked streets. Right. And, <laughs> and and people now are coming from around the world and saying, is this normal or am I in a bad part of town? Right. Well, it all seems like a bad part of town. Just, the nice part of town seems like a bad part of town for other towns. Right, right. In terms of bums and trash and everything. And you got this Aussie talking about uh, people off out of their minds, screaming, running all over the sidewalk near the Twitter HQ. Then a murder scene. Wife is scared to leave the hotel now. Canadian visitor expressing the same sentiment, describing the city as, city as terrifying, Instagramming all sorts of pictures of needle and used toilet paper on the streets, uh, the homeless camps, the rest of it. And, and New York City is not conservative southern heartless city america new york city is five to one democrat to republican and they decided you know what we don't want freaking bums everywhere in this city and somehow dealt with it listen to this quote and then i'll tell you who it is the streets are filthy there's trash everywhere it's disgusting that's joe d'alessandro president of san francisco travel the the big travel organization I've never seen any other city like this. Me the homelessness, either. dirty streets, drug use on the streets, smash and grabs. The only right. place the crime is booming as well. The only place in uh, North America that I've seen that's like San Francisco is if you go to the drug area of Vancouver, 
But they hand out needles and all that sort of stuff around there. So, I mean, they really attract that crowd. That Mm -hmm. part of Vancouver, which is pretty ugly, is what most of San Francisco looks like. Yeah. Well, and I mentioned this earlier in the show. Portland, look out. You are heading down. It's just that Portland is a lesser international tourist destination than San Francisco. So people aren't talking about it around the world like they are San Francisco. But Portland is careening toward the same thing. Uh, Kevin Carroll, executive director of the Hotel Council, Council of San Francisco, told uh, the the Chronicle, I think, some newspaper, it doesn't really, yeah, the Chronicle, um, that if something is not done soon, businesses are going to suffer from a lack of tourist dollars. People come into hotels saying, what is going on out there? They're just shocked. People say, I love your city, I love your restaurants, but I'll never come back. And then we have a link to the Daily Mail uh, piece, which has uh, uh, within it embedded a video that we actually had a link for for a couple of weeks ago, of uh, all the junkies laying around unconscious at BART stations, which is just absolutely mind-boggling. It's crazy. And then you got this uh, piece from uh, the City Journal, which is a conservative uh, newspaper or publication website. I went down, I rode the subway once in New York just for fun. And uh, I went down in the subway area and got on the subway, then came out the other side, and I didn't see a single homeless person. Do that with mass transit in San Francisco. Oh, boy. Where they not, just had to hire chance. people to keep people right. from crapping in the elevators. Uh, here's a nice note from City Journal. Seattle is also in danger of uh, similar uh, you know, problems for similar reasons. Don't believe the hype that Amazon killed the Seattle head tax, that new levy that the city recently passed on big businesses to fund an affordable housing initiative. The truth behind the city council's stunning reversal repealed the tax by 7 to 2. Just four weeks after passing it, nine nothing. So it was almost a 100% reversal of a policy. Now, if that isn't what I'm always talking about, this adolescent feelings first, doing what seems nice as opposed to thinking through policy, that's the best example I've ever seen. Well, it's not that Amazon killed it. It's that Seattle citizens have erupted in frustration against the city's tax-and-spend political class that's failed to address the homelessness crisis despite record new revenues. Oh, I see what the complaint is. So Amazon comes in, tremendous amount of new revenue, but the homeless situation and everything, streets have gotten dirtier. Right, right. Everything's getting worse. And the city council has more revenue to play with than ever before, but the situation's getting worse. Now, according to recent public polling, 83% of Seattle voters, 83% are dissatisfied with how the council has addressed homelessness. 65% believe the local government hasn't used new tax revenues effectively. Well, I live in a town like that. There is a tipping point for the whole homeless situation right. where even your liberal towns will say, that's it. But given We've got to do something. Given how liberal Seattle is and how out of touch most people are with the realities of politics, it's very drive-by, feel-good, you maybe catch a headline here. That's how people get duped into, I don't know, bullet trains, for instance. They're not really paying attention. But to get 65% agreement that the local government hasn't used new tax revenues effectively, that's a stunning indictment of the city council. 63% believe the city has enough money to solve the problems but isn't pursuing the right policies. It would appear that the, speaking of great cities, the incredibly wonderful city of Seattle is also facing a, we've refused to do the things that made us feel bad for so long, now we're going to have to do some stuff that's really, really rough or or mind-bogglingly expensive and, and ultimately probably ineffective. But it's just the way life is. 
You know, it's true of raising kids, running cities, training dogs. You have to do stuff all the time that's hard. So, um, the former CIA chief, remember a bald-headed uh, Michael Hayden, said that Trump's immigration policy is like Nazi Germany, which is a pretty over-the-top Mike comparison. Hayden is full of crap. Oh, that's a pretty over-the-top thing for the former CIA and NSA chief. He's a hardcore political operative at this point. We'll hit we'll you with his quote, among other things. Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany. Somebody says they're doing the fasting, the 0-24 fasting. They fast zero and eat 24 hours a day. Perfect. Days that end in Y. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. The nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Give me your hand. I'd like to shake it. I want to show you I'm your friend. You'll understand. If I can make it clear, it's all that matters in the end. Put it there. Yeah, but the I, have no, I have no actual moves. In fact, this game's going to take forever. <laughs> so that's Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel and Ted Cruz played a basketball game of Blobfish, which I don't know that game. You know Blobfish? Uh, no, it's that was uh, Kimmel's nickname for uh, Cruz. Oh, okay. Called him a Blobfish. Okay. A gr- I think he said a greasy Blobfish. Uh, Ted Cruz beat Jimmy Kimmel 11-9 to in a two-hour one-on-one match they agreed to abbreviate. Two hours? Two hours to get to 11? After neither appeared... Somebody make a shot! <laughs> after neither appeared capable of reaching 15 points and winning by two, which was the original... <laughs> Plan. Right. But they played for two hours and nobody was going to get the 15. The Houston Chronicle described... So they just were playing one-on-one? Yes. Well, that's interesting. How old is Ted Cruz? I need an age he, on these people. He's in his 50s, right? I mean, Early Jimmy 50s, Kimmel's man. a doughy comedian. Cruz is 47. But Ted Cruz is damn near 50. Kimmel's not so young. Early 40s. Uh, Kimmel's older. Kimmel's 50. Cruz it, is 47. Jimmy Kimmel's 50? There yep. you go. You I had stand no corrected, idea. sir. Nice Kimmel's age knowledge, idiot. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's 50. That's surprising to me. I'd, I'd have missed that one, too. L Y I N apostrophe Lion Ted. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Anyway, they were both so bad they had to. So you're going to play a, a one on one game of basketball. First to 15 have to win by two, but after two hours. Both men were just passed out nine. on the court. Oh, man, like two heavyweights leaning against each other and, and pawing. The Houston Chronicle described the matchup as a slow motion car crash of half court basketball. <laughs> wow. Speaking for both men, Kimmel said we apologize to the game of basketball. <laughs> the game was born from a joke Kimmel, uh, who'd said the Republican senator resembled the ocean bottom dwelling blobfish. <laughs> Cruz responded by challenging Kimmel to a basketball game. Oh, I get it. Oh, I'm a blobfish, you fat, doughy, 50 year old doctor. I could beat you at basketball. Right. And he did, actually. Uh, so they played for charity. I, I've been involved with this sort of thing in my life. Um, it's a funny concept, and it's charity, and a bunch of people show up and. A little while in, everybody realizes, you know, this is 
not this is not enjoyable. This is this is boring. Way too long. Yes. This is too long. It's boring. How do we get out of this? How but ain't nobody got time for that. So they two cut, hours. They of, cut down the number of points needed, and it still went two yeah, hours. But two hours of a couple of fifty-year-old out of shape guys playing one-on-one basketball. <laughs> wow, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, it would it would quickly move from really amusing to little slow to oh my god to to Andy Kaufman esque. Well, I mean, to praying for points to be scored like Titanic survivors prayed for rescue. Well, LeBron and Steph playing for two hours at the hour mark. I'm looking at my watch. Certainly, right? If not earlier. Okay, yeah. I get it. I, yeah. I understand what's going on here. Yeah. Well, that's well. Anyway, they raised money for coin. Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. Oh, so was... how tired were they? Is there video of that? Just like bent over dribble, kind of heave it halfway there. He goes and gets the rebound. I'm using my finger quotes because it bounced in the middle of the lane. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of smoking pot, fewer U.S. teens are smoking or doing drugs or drinking milk, according to a new uh, poll. Are they doing anything? They just don't do anything. Less than one third of high school students drink a glass of milk a day, according to a large government survey. I have about the, two decades ago, it was nearly half. I have the other problem with my kids. I got to make them drink water. They are always drinking milk. Really? And I don't think they ever drink any water. Hmm. So uh, more on that to come. It's not worth a lot of time, but uh, well, I guess it's kind of interesting. Slightly fewer uh, kids smoking or drinking soda and sports drinks now too. It's declined since 2015, even. So that's that's good. Man, the soda pop just—it's bad for you. I'm trying to keep it away. They, Sam has had his. He's had like one in his life. I don't think Henry's had any. Yeah, uh, it's it, there's just there's nothing good about it. Yeah, I know. I, I and mean, my parents really try to keep us away from it too. But I, you know, I got old enough to have a little money sure. on my own. I started drinking it. So uh, listen, a lot of nice uh, sentiment yesterday uh, in my family for Father's Day, back and forth from me and my dad and my brother and my kids, and it was absolutely lovely. Um, a lot of expressing of love and respect and that sort of thing. Then you got Tommy Lee of Motley Crue who uh, Instagrammed the following. Happy Father's Day, fellas. I'm not going to sit here and post some fluffed-up S for the public to read. I'm going to be honest. And he goes into how his kids have really turned out badly. I know I'm not fully to blame because their mom has a lot to do with it, enabling bad behavior and buying them things when they weren't good. I love them dearly, but, man, it's really tough to watch your kids grow up without those morals. Nothing can really prepare you. My kids can be a-holes, and so does my their mother and... Well, one of his kids responded with video of when he punched his dad unconscious a couple of months ago. I remember that. Yeah. And said, uh, hey, remember the last time you talked this ass? You're looking a little sleepy. Why don't you come on back and get some more? Wow. That's an, that's an, that's that's charming. Who the F are you? Just move on, dude. We all have or I'll put you right back to effing sleep. Wow. Happy Father's Day. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? FBI or former CIA NSA chief comparing Trump immigration policy to Nazi Germany. We got Representative Trey Gowdy on FBI bias and Netflix new sexual harassment policies. Okay. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Popularity of the fasting diet. We got this text. I tried fasting for about an hour. I thought I was going to die. Way <laughs> <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> My kids are like that. Jeez. They act like if they're hungry and they don't eat this very second, they will perish. <laughs> Where'd they get that from? <laughs> yeah. 
Come on. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, I got to tell you, the debate over immigration going all over the place. Now you got a former National Security Agency director comparing the U.S. immigration policy to Nazi Germany. Well, that's fair. That's, it's, oh my God. Nobody should listen to a word but, this idiot says. Well, okay, there's that on an individual later, right? Uh, level. But on a bigger level, where are we going with our public discourse? Where we have a former CIA director saying the current policy, which is the law, it's just following the law, even right. if you don't like it. As written is, on a bipartisan uh, you know, is, basis is, years ago. Is like Nazi Germany. I mean, where are we? Where are Nazi we headed? Is this, a, is this a blip or is this just the way we're going to talk from here on out? Well, where do you go from here? That's what I mean. Uh, what part- do you reference when you're done with Hitler? Darth Vader? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fan of Hitler. Is this is this uh, reductio ad absurdum? There's nothing further beyond this. On his personal Twitter account, Michael Hayden posted a photo of train tracks entering the concentration camps of Auschwitz oh, with for the God's caption sake. with the captions other governments have separated mothers and children. So, wh- do, does he believe this? I mean, is he does he believe Trump is trying to become Hitler and cuz a lot of people do. New York Times book review, new book out about the Nazis and their rise to power in the 30s, kind of a politics book, which I would like if they didn't try so hard to tie it into today and Trump. And is all about just Trump, similar to what Trump's doing. This, I mean, just come on. So does the former CIA director believe that Donald Trump's trying to replicate what Hitler did? Does he? Is that what he believes? A post supposedly in response to the controversial zero-tolerance immigration policy. Do not know what Mr. Hayden believes deep, deep down. Well, that, I mean, the reason I ask it is yeah. I wonder, is everybody just trying to play the game of politics and they think you have to right. be over the top in your rhetoric now? To or do they believe this? Now. I get oh, the they sense, can't believe it. That's ridiculous. I definitely get the sense the New York Times crowd believes it. They want to believe it because it makes them feel excited. Uh, there, if you want, if you tried, you could find ties. You could find parallels between the rise of Nazism and the rise of Jimmy Carter in 1976. If you wanted to, you could. Carter, like Hitler, was a smiling populist whose speeches brought people to their feet. Wow, another tie-in, you know? Please. Carter, like Hitler, was a reaction to the times immediately before his reign. Wow, just like Hitler. Oh, boy. Jimmy Carter, like Hitler, had one ball. That's right. (laughs) Well, at most. The FBI handling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation, hot topic on Capitol Hill this week. Representative Trey Gowdy on Fox News Sunday responding to the Inspector General's report looking into that situation. Chris Wallace asking Gowdy about FBI Director Chris Ray's and the Inspector General's finding that, yes, there was some bias among some agents, but it did not affect that final outcome. Wallace asking uh, asking Gowdy, well, were those two men wrong? Here's where I depart from, from Chris Ray. I don't think it's my job to prove the bias impacted the investigation. I think it's his job to prove that it did not. Here's what I know. They exonerated her before the interview. 
They said she did nothing wrong before they even bothered to talk to her. And this same group said Donald Trump should not be the president and or should be impeached before the investigation even began. If that is not textbook bias, which is the prejudging of an outcome, I mean, that's what bias is. We are prejudging the outcome. We're prejudging her innocence before we talk to her. We're prejudging his guilt before we even begin to look into the fact pattern. That's bias. And yes, it impacted the outcome. That's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, it's undeniable to me. I don't know where this is going. You know, the Mueller thing isn't over yet, so, you know, it could be, who knows? Well, we got to be perfectly fine. We don't know, but. We got this text. Some FBI agent in a personal text to his girlfriend saying, We're not going to let him be president is the same as a Warriors fan saying, We're not going to let LeBron win a championship. We're means, as in the name of the group of us as Democrats, not FBI agents. Same as the group of us Warriors fans. You're not thinking clearly. It's possible it's true. I think if you don't look pretty strongly into an FBI agent who's got in print somewhere, he's going to stop this presidential candidate from being president, who's involved in investigations. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the lead investigator. you got to look into that right. and take that seriously. Yeah. How do you not? You could be right, my friend, but uh, you're guessing. And it's, uh, well, and it's like what Trey Gowdy just said. It's his job to prove there wasn't bias, not my job to prove there was. Right. Because right. that sure looks like bias. Yeah, and the treatment of Hillary all along was really, really odd. Really odd. And I'm not talking about Comey, who screwed her, no doubt, but number of the prosecutorial decisions made or investigative decisions that were made were really difficult to explain the granting of of uh, uh, you know immunity to people and right. the, and and the writing up the memo that Hillary's in the clear before you even talked to her that's just odd I saw a column over the weekend let's not overlook this whole email thing about what it says about Comey so at the time that he was using his private email account to send and we now know some like legitimate like drafts of of, uh, of of statements that were going to be... Official FBI yeah, business. official FBI yes. business from his personal account. This was long after. It had been very widely discussed that this can't be done anymore, and they put new policies in place in the government yeah. to not do this anymore. And he still did, which is really weird. He spoke to this very thing on a number of occasions when yeah. he was doing it. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know if it's one of those, the rules don't apply to me, Hillary things, or what? Yeah, the one distinction I'd make, because I like the irony as much as anybody, is that he is not even accused of uh, mailing anything classified in his emails. It's FBI, official FBI but stuff, they're not but it's not to classified. At all after they right. discussed it at length, right? That yeah. we're not supposed to do this anymore, and he still did. So is that just a well? That most people shouldn't, but I can. Is that what that is? I have no idea. And on a final note, Mexico scored a huge upset over the defending champion in world number one Germany in the World Cup on Sunday, prompting this classic call on Univision. The defeat and humiliation of Germany reminds me a lot of the uh, Versailles Accords and the uh, dismantling, which led, of course, to the rise of Trump or Hitler. I can't remember which is which. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. 
Seriously. Don't make Germany pay reparations after that match, all right? Seriously. Just take my advice. That ends badly. New book about the rise of Nazis, which is really interesting from a political standpoint. Uh, and the New York Times reviewer spent all their time showing the similarities between that and Trump. Now, does that person believe that that can happen? That is, it is happening. Do they believe that? All I can do is shake my head sadly and roll my eyes. It's just laughable. So I'd forgotten that it's LGBT month, and they've got an example of a 10-year-old drag kid on the Today Show today. I guess this is sweeping the nation, this kid's viral video. Oh, great. Discuss this coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. (laughs) Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. smart, self-assured, talented. He loves to dress up and work the runway in drag with dramatic makeup, but only if his homework is done. That's because Desmond is just 10 years old, but he's already a social media star, and he says he wants to use his platform to inspire other kids to love and accept themselves. So, uh, to today's show, uh, talking about this Desmond kid, apparently there's a, he's a YouTube sensation. He's a 10-year-old boy he identifies as a boy i don't know what the proper thing is but uh dresses like a girl and goes to drag shows and i'm just commenting on has there ever been this quick of change in cultural attitudes in world history i wonder if there has been Uh, no that would have been no an unimaginable story 10 years ago yeah pretty Pretty unlikely five years ago. Very controversial five years ago. And now it's as mainstream as NBC Network Today show to say, here's a 10-year-old boy uh, involved in drag shows. Isn't that fantastic? It's interesting. It's It's a a wonderful thing, an incredible thing, something we should be promoting, etc. I just, I hate the vaulting of kids to sudden temporary fame. You know, the the fact that it's for this and everything. Yeah, okay, who knows? The kid's 10 years old, for God's sake. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Just the whole insta fame culture that bothers me every bit as much as the particulars of it. That is uh, something I don't even know if you could study it. But I wonder if there have been dramatic social changes happening this fast ever in world history. Absolutely not. No, because the the way change happens is it's all about communication. It's all word going from one place to another, and people thinking about it, and minds changing slowly. Then. Those people expressing themselves, and that spreads a little bit to the next town or whatever, and just well, some or you see it in the newspaper or whatever. It's now so instantaneous. Well, and some of it is, uh, you know, the political momentum, because you, if you say that's crazy to allow your ten-year-old to uh, participate in drag shows, there's something wrong with that kid. You're going to lose your job. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, and you know, or come under a lot of fire. So nobody would ever say that. Right. I don't know what percentage of people think it, right? But yeah. on the Today Show, is treating it as if everybody agrees that this is this is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, gender dysphoria was considered a, uh, a psychological malady until oh, fairly I, recently. I believe but. it exists. I don't know if I don't know about for ten year olds. I have no idea. But um, got to get this on because this just came out an hour ago. I don't know how much attention it'll get. Well, no. My point is that it was a disease until recently, as opposed to something to celebrate. 
I mean, that's a huge transition. I'd say. Uh, I want to get this on because it just came out. <clears throat> Gallup poll, satisfaction with the direction the U.S. is going at a 12-year high and within the margin of error of the highest number they've ever had. Yeah! For US, get ready for the blue wave. For Americans who think the country's going in the right direction. 12-year high, and again, if you're being honest with it, it's at 38%, and the high was 39%. It's got a margin error of 3%, so it's yeah. tied if you're going to be statistically honest, it's tied for the highest number ever for right direction, wrong direction for the country. I find it somewhat sobering that the highest number ever is 39. <laughs> but yeah, these are divided times, part, Jack. Part We've of, never been more partisan or something. Well, that is part of it, because the poll has 68% of Republicans are satisfied with the direction of the country, just 13% of Democrats. Ooh. Now, overall, the low number was in 2008 during the Great Recession. What percentage of Americans thought the country was going the right direction then? Tell me. Seven. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a low number. Well, maybe you were buying foreclosures and flipping them. How can you simultaneously have Trump as Hitler, the former CIA director saying it's like living in Nazi Germany, and we've got the all-time high people think the country's headed in the right direction? Can yeah. all those things happen at the same time? This is the age of hyperbole. You can't. There are so many messages from so many people. Because everybody gets to be online and tweet and post and Instagram and whatever. And there's a zillion websites and the, the, the 395 channel, well, there are more than 395, there's thousands of channels. The only way to get any attention is, is to say something completely outrageous. I think that's it. Yeah, well, this is a hyperbolic result, but it's not, you know, hyperbole. It's just Gallup's polling to say that's the highest number we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that explains something. the dichotomy, I think. You have a, oh, a, huge, you a huge number of people saying, hey, this is great fun. This is the Things are really going well. But more people screeching that we're all about to die than, than has ever <laughs> happened in history, yeah. including when we were all about to die. <laughs> That's something. Uh, Trump will be tweeting that result out, I guarantee you. Just like Hitler would. <laughs> Is that from the new uh, Jay-Z Beyonce album? I don't believe so. Huh. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, here's what we'll do. We'll get a final thought from everybody to wrap up this show. Hey, Michelangelo, final thought? All right, if you forgot to call your dad yesterday, call him today. Tell him you're sorry. Send him a universal remote control to regain his love. <laughs> Hang it. Positive Sean, final thought. Yeah, one of my favorite things in all of competition is not when people go undefeated, but when teams go unvictored. We have a new contender. Now, this is from the world of esports, so not a real sport. But the Shanghai Dragons of the Overwatch League, a very popular video game, went 0 for 40 in their inaugural season of the professional esports scene. Wow. Unvictored in 40 attempts. Wow. Uh, if only that was a real thing. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, final thought. And I will add, after showing off their prowess on the basketball court, I know who I am going to challenge to a push-up competition. Jimmy Kimmel and Ted Cruz. Yeah. It is on 20 push-ups <laughs> in a row. Or as 20? We... You've never done three. Shh, shh, shh. I'm setting them up. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought for I us? I did, but I chickened out on it. So. Oh, no. Oh, it's going to be too controversial. Might have saved all of our jobs. Take it easy now, everybody. No, Jack's okay. a little sleep. It was going to be personally controversial. Not oh, I see. Okay. Show problem. So my final thought is have a nice day. <laughs> Strong. I'll tell you what kind of day I'm going to have. I'm going to go home to my empty house. 
with my dog. Stare at the walls. Play some guitar. Watch sports. Have a glass of wine. Maybe swing a golf club. That sounds awful. It's terrible. Because you're abandoned on Father's Day. Pity me! That's right. My wife is on the ocean. My children are scattered to three different states. Well, I will say this. This was going to be my controversial take. I'll just leave it here. Father's Day came up as often in my house as it did in your house yesterday. Oh, well. No mention. Yeah. Nobody knew it was Father's oh, Day. Oh, my no God. Not a, didn't get mentioned. Oh, golly. Yes. Oh, and my kids boy. don't carry calendars, so how would they know? Unless somebody told them, and I wasn't going to tell them because that's kind of weird. Right. Hey, it's my day today. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of weird, so I didn't bring it up. Oof. Yeah. Eh, you can play that for years, so you can eh, use that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. And the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Uh, no, he doesn't. No, he isn't. No, he's not. No, he isn't. No, he didn't. No, he isn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And that's not why he's doing it. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.